You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo, joined as always by Peter Ralves. Peter, how are we doing? We doing great, great week, eventful week. You know, you'll see divisional weekend, and as people say, listen, this divisional weekend was the best football we've probably ever seen. But if you don't like me at my wild card weekend, you don't deserve me at my divisional weekend. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point because it felt like last week on the show we talked extensively on how I think what five out of the six games were poor products and they were blowouts and everything else. Uh, This week in the NFL was the complete opposite. All four games were dynamite. Uh, They all came down to the final quarter, the final drive, the final play. It was something that I've never seen in an NFL weekend. Uh, And it's, it was an awesome, it was phenomenal. Every single game had you glued to the couch to the bitter end. It was fantastic. It was great. 10 out of 10 uh, NFL is King. It's true. Even the sorry 49ers Packers game, which sucked through the like three and a half quarters, was still entertaining at the end. Exactly. Even a game where, uh, like you just talked about, where the 49ers didn't score an offensive touchdown, that game was still phenomenal all the way till the end. Uh, the first half and up into the first three quarters might have been slow, but I think the drama really picked up in the fourth quarter there. But shout out to Dave. He said that he wasn't going to go to UFC on uh, Wild Wings because he didn't want the bad juju and the bad omens. And shout out to Dave. It actually worked. Because I thought they were going to get blown out after the Wait, first thing. So he, he like, didn't go or he did go? No, he didn't go because he, he thought like we were like, going to jinx him. And oh, okay. There you go. Interesting. But yeah. Uh, uh, but Peter, let's get right into it. So I had the Tennessee Titans minus three and a half over the Bengals, and I was wrong. Uh, the Bengals ended up winning the game 19-16. Despite the fact that Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, the Bengals pulled off the victory. Uh, Joe Burrow, 28 of 37 for 348 yards. Uh, he had a QBR of only 28.2, and he was sacked nine times, but he still did enough to win the game. Jamar Chase, five catches for 109 yards on six targets. Um, other side of things, Ryan Tannehill, he was ugly. 15 of 24, 220 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Peter, let's play our weekly QBR game. Scale one through 100. What do you think his QBR was? Joe Burrows was 25, probably like nine. You think Tannehill's was a nine? Yeah. This is the closest you ever were, 10.4. To be honest, though, I mean, we'll get there. I didn't think Ryan Tannehill played that bad. You don't think so? I mean, no. his first throw was bad. I don't uh, think it was all his fault. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so Derrick Henry, uh, in his return, he had 20 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was mostly held in check. A.J. Brown, five catches, 142 yards and a touchdown. So the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, back-to-back victories here, uh, and they're heading to the AFC Championship. Uh, huge win for that franchise. Huge win for the Joe Burrow crew. January Joe, as you've been calling him for the whole month of January, gets it done again. Bengals 19, Titans 16. What is your first takeaway of this game? Hats off, Joe Burrow. Hats off, Bengals. Isn't it the first time ever they won on the road in the AFC champ or AFC divisional round? I yeah. believe so. Yeah, that's, that's honestly crazy. But I mean, as you said, uh, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. Nine out of ten times, you lose on that time. But I, 
And as I said, I don't think Ryan Tano was the absolute worst. Obviously, that pick at the end of the game was terrible. That pick at the beginning of the game was terrible. But he put the Titans in a situation that they could have won. I mean, they got stopped the fourth one in the end of the game. All in the middle of the fourth quarter. I mean, that's not his fault. And then he threw the touchdown pass to A.J. Brown in the third quarter. So, I don't think that Ryan Tano deserves all the blame. But, I mean, Bengals just doing what Joe Burrow does, and he just pulls it out at the end. And as I've been saying for a month, he doesn't lose any big game. So, yeah. How how about McPherson, that kicker, huh? I know. I mean, at the pregame, he's like, well, we're going to win an AFC championship game today. I mean, uh, we're going to make the AFC championship game today. I was like, damn. Yeah, you think he called his own shot. I mean, uh, listen, the Bengals for a long time have been struggling for a kicker. I guess uh, drafting the kicker is actually working out well. Yeah. So my main takeaway is the Cincinnati Bengals' inability to protect Joe Burrow. Getting sacked nine times is just a such a bold number to me. Like, it's just it's a gross number. Uh, getting sacked nine times is absolutely absurd. It, to me, it doesn't really – I think some of them were on Joe Burrow, but some of them was on that reckless offensive line, and that's something the Bengals need to improve on because Burrow, he won't last. I mean, you can't get hit constantly like he was against this against the Titans here. Uh, I don't particularly believe the Bengals' game plan was wasn't. I don't think it was that good. I really don't. But it just felt like the Titans couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, I know you said Tannehill. Uh, you don't believe he deserves a hundred percent of the blame, but I think it's impossible to really uh, excuse his turnovers. I mean, those three interceptions—that's tough. Despite the fact that Titans couldn't really run the ball too too much, I know they ran for 140 yards. But, I mean, Derrick Henry, he was held to 62 yards. Uh, his long was nine yards. Uh, and that just wasn't going to cut it for this Titans team. And I just can't help but think how the Titans put all their eggs in the Ryan Tannehill basket. And they could have made a legitimate run at Tom Brady. Uh, maybe even take a stab at the draft. And they just continue to go after Ryan Tannehill. I know he's had a pretty good Titans career up until this year. Uh, this year, he just, just wasn't with it. I think he led the league in interceptions. And it just felt like he was forcing balls and didn't work out. So I do think the Tennessee Titans will be committed to him in 2022. But if you're a Titans fan, I, I just don't feel great as long as Tannehill is under center. I don't think I don't think it's that bad, though, because you have a healthy Derrick Henry coming back. You have healthy A.J. Brown AJ, and uh, Julio Jones coming back. I mean, that team decimal with injuries, like 55 players like was on the aisle. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is as bad as everybody thinks. Uh, dependent on like, obviously he doesn't have to do it all by himself because he's not like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I, I know like Ryan Tannehill is probably bottom half of the league and rightfully so. But he's probably like, I don't know. I mean, you'll have to listen to Rough in the Basket because they like to rough. They like to uh, rank up yeah. quarterbacks. But probably I, like mid fifteens. Yeah, I'm thinking like ish. fifteen to eighteen range yeah. if, off the top of my head. But when you look at Ryan Tannehill. It just felt like this Tennessee Titans team, they're so talented on both sides of the ball. Could you imagine if Tom Brady went there? Oh, my goodness. I think that would be fantastic. I really would. Uh, yeah, I know. But, I mean, it's it's hard next year because I think it's dead cap hit if he gets like – Yeah, no, he, like he's the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. But I think an interesting offseason is ahead for the Tennessee Titans because I still think they should be considered favorites in the AFC. Not necessarily like the favorite, but I think unless the Colts make a quarterback change, which I'm not ruling out, I would still consider the Titans a considerable favorite to win the AFC South next season. 
especially with Mike Vrabel at the helm and a healthy Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown continuing to ascend as a top five, top 10 receiver in the NFL. Uh, Peter, you had the Bengals in this game, correct? Yeah, and Bengals plus three and a half. So one and oh. At this time, I was 0 and 1, and you were 1 and 0. Moving on to the nightcap for Saturday's game. The 49ers pulled off the upset of the week. Uh, they defeated the Green Bay Packers, the number one seed Green Bay Packers, 13 to 10. Uh, I, this game, another one that came down to the wire. Uh, Robbie Gould hit a game winning field goal as time expired. 49ers 13, Packers 10. Jimmy Garoppolo. 11 of 19, 131 yards and a pick. Uh, he wasn't really asked to do too much. Uh, the weather was, wasn't the best, but he did just enough. Elijah Mitchell had 17 carries, 53 yards. And Debo Samuel did what he did. 10 carries, 39 yards. And he had three catches for 44 yards. Other side of things, Aaron Rodgers, 20 of 29, 225 yards. Uh, he was sacked five times in this game. And the crazy thing here is, uh, if you look at it, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Combined for 18 receptions. You know how would you like to guess how many other um, receivers caught any balls? I actually know that answer because they, they got targeted 21 times. And what do you say? It was 28. So like seven times. So Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers uh, acclimated for 18 receptions of the 20 that Rodgers completed. Yeah. If you want to talk about targets. Yeah, they're uh, 21. Aaron Jones 21, got 10, I think. Yeah. Exactly. So I picked the Packers. We both did. I think this is both our premium picks of the week. Packers yep. minus six. And wow, unbelievable. The 49ers kept a close all game. Didn't have an offensive touchdown in the game, but didn't matter. They pull off a W. And Peter, I'd like you to take your victory lap because this game can't be said without mentioning the special teams aspect of it. Peter last week talked about how he was very weary of the Packers special teams unit. Uh, it ranked as one of the worst in the NFL. They had constant mistakes, whether it was blocked field goals, blocked punts, missed field goals, whatever it may be, shanked punts. The special teams unit has just proven to be abysmal, and it wreaked its ugly head this week. Uh, did you see the last play of the game? The Packers only had 10 men on the field. They had a blocked field goal, a blocked punt. They had everything go wrong in the special teams unit, and that is why they lost. So, Peter, take your victory lap. That is not the reason why they lost, to be honest with you. But I mean, I'll take my, I'll take a half victory lap. I've been saying it for months. That's full. why they. Oh, you should take the full. No, because I'll get into this now. I didn't like the Packers game plan at all. I mean, it was just chalking up the Devontae Adams. That's it. And then if, if Devontae Adams wasn't open, they just checked it down to Aaron Jones all the time. And number two, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had the ball four minutes left in the game. He's supposed to be this great playoff, great regular season quarterback i mean like best top two best in the game i mean he is a top five talent of all time no nobody can dispute that but he's a guaranteed playoff loser you drive down the field you don't even make it close i mean he had the ball four minutes left all the great ones we'll get into it later i mean tom brady 27 to 3 versus the rams came back i mean aaron Rodgers is a guaranteed loser i didn't like his body language either i didn't like play call i didn't like their game plan and ultimately the better team won on sunday or on saturday night so when you look at aaron Rodgers, 10 points is absolutely pathetic and as somebody as most people i think considered him the mvp of the national football league this year 
uh, and they felt like the team to beat in the NFL. They felt like a, a guaranteed at least NFC championship appearance. I think almost everyone at least accepted the fact that, yeah, they're going to get to the NFC title game and then we'll see how it plays out. But it did not come to fruition. Ten points, real rough. And like you talked about, he had the ball with four minutes left and he wasn't able to convert. It's bad, man. It's bad. And you talked about the game plan. I think that's a fair criticism. And to me anyway, it felt like it was Devontae Adams or bust. And like you talked about Aaron Jones with the checkdowns makes a lot of sense. I, I don't know. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers wasn't engaged in this game. He didn't make enough big plays to win. I'm sure everyone's seen already the, he had Alan Lazard open. Well, I don't get why play. he does that. He just chucks it in Devontae Adams every time, even if he's triple covered, like third and whatever. Like at the end of the game, he just chucked it up. I was just like, bro, you're not going to come down with it. Like It's be- it's ultimately because he doesn't trust uh, his other receivers. But at the end of the day, a lot of the receivers that the Packers have are be- guys he likes or guys he wanted. Randall Cobb, for example, that's his guy. Randall Cobb is not in the NFL if it's not for Aaron Rodgers right now. He, he wouldn't be. He got released from the Texans and probably not be on a team right now. Uh, Alan Lazard, I mean, say what you want about him, but I think he's had a pretty decent year. And it, you look at other options for them, Mercedes Lewis, I mean, at times he's provided a spark at the tight end position at times, but Aaron Rodgers had enough in this game to score more than 13 points and he wasn't able to do it. And that's an indictment on him and it should be an indictment on his legacy. Uh, getting only one Super Bowl as a member of the Green Bay Packers uh, that's a massive underachievement. You've had Favre and Rodgers for 27 years, and you have two championships. Exactly. Two that's appearances, a, Peter. It's not even just... It's, that's a joke. It's not like they went two and five or two and four. Like, they only been there twi- they've only been there twice in that time span, and that's, that's not good. And you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at how the season went for him. He was obviously the big story going into the offseason last year. Uh, was he going to retire? Was he going to ask out? Remember the whole last year we talked about it. He finally came back, and he was he had a great regular season. Phenomenal. Uh, MVP caliber. And then you have this dud in the first round of the playoffs. That's a real tough look. And to me, anyway, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers is gone. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely done. Even though it's his fault. But, yeah, I mean, you can't be – you can't stay there. You got to ball – if you're the Packers, you got to ball up that whole team. I mean, we can we can talk we can hit this now if you want uh, because it, it revolves around the Packers. So the Packers are in a situation right now that Aaron Rodgers, uh, his future is murky. Devontae Adams is a free agent. The Packers are forty million dollars over the salary cap. So if you're the Green Bay Packers, right, you still have Aaron Rodgers' rights. Uh, if you were to move him, you would receive some sort of compensation. So when you look at Aaron Rodgers and where potential places he could end up. I immediately, Denver Broncos are my favorites. I feel like that team's a quarterback away. Uh, that just makes a lot of sense to me. I think there's other options for him too. Uh, I think the Indianapolis Colts will be an option for him. I ultimately believe that the New York Giants might have a little bit of uh, interest in him. I think the Vegas Raiders are another team. Steelers. Like the Steelers are another team. And then there's another one off the top of my head. If the Carolina Panthers... Uh, decide to really blow things up and make a run at him. I think they could also do that. Dark horse bucks. And I'm gonna so I'm gonna throw another dark horse, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think it's gonna be one of those teams. I still say Denver Broncos. That's the team I've been saying since day one. It just makes a lot of sense. But it just to me anyway, it feels like Rodgers 
fits that Denver Colorado vibe. They have a ton of skill position players. They have a good defense, good running game. They're going to have a new head coach, new program. Oh, there. How's our line though? It's good enough. I mean, right. it's not perfect. It's good enough. Uh, and they can obviously make adjustments if Aaron Rodgers comes along. Uh, and I think Rodgers would really fit in well there. They got a good Did I hire head coach yet. No, right? No, not yet. Uh, their general manager is set already. George Patton. Uh, he was there last year and the Broncos are also going to have new ownership. So that's also an, Interesting part of it, because if that ownership uh, selling is delayed, I don't think George Patton is can acquire Aaron Rodgers yet. I think they kind of need to wait to see how that all fizzles out. Can you out. put that in his contract and be like, hey, Rodgers, you can own the Denver Broncos if you want, like a little bit? No, you can't. That You cannot do that. No? No, can't do that. Uh, they don't do that. No. Uh, but who knows how that sale is going to go, and I think that could involve who's going to be the next head coach the Broncos. And I think it's notable that the Broncos have interviewed Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, who has a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think Rodgers is gone, and I think Denver is the spot. If Denver falls apart, then I think it comes more of a wide open, or I think more teams are going to cast the net. So, uh, and you can go. I'm no, no, no. You can you can finish on the Packers. I was going to say something about Forty Nineers, but you can finish on the Packers. Okay, and just quickly on Devontae Adams, uh, I think. It wouldn't shock me if Devontae Adams followed Aaron Rodgers to his location. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think but, I, I think I think Adams is going to go to a bad team though. I think he's going to go to the Jets. You think he goes? To the, you think he's going to take one of those? I think he's going to. I think he's going to take his bag. And he's never going to be heard from again. Rightfully, yeah, he's going to be like Le'Veon Bell, like three years ago. Never heard from again. That's yeah. what. Uh, that's what uh, Noah thinks. Rough in the basket. Shout out. That's, what, that's Noah's theory yeah. as well. But what's your take on the Niners? Well, I mean, I was just going to say hats off Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how you can rightfully move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's 5-1 uh, and one in the play or 4-1 and one in the playoffs. A game away for the Super Bowl, two and three years. He's, all he does is win as a starter. I think he's like 30-something and like 15. Like 37 and 15. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I mean, listen, I mean, Garoppolo, say what he is. I mean, he's a top 15, top 20 quarterback. He's not that good. He's kind of mediocre. I mean, that interception in that game, right to the Packers defender, no no excuse. But if you're a 49ers, like, I don't know how you can rightfully be like, yeah, we'll just move away from Garoppolo. Even if Trey Lance is, like, the next forthcoming of, like, Jesus. Like, I don't know. Hey, and it's just tough. You look where Trey Lance is, and I think his development – uh, he was known as the most raw quarterback in this draft class. Would it really be awful for the Niners if they had Garoppolo for another season? Because I don't think that would necessarily be the worst thing in the world because it gives Trey Lance an extra year. But the thing with that deal is they gave up so much to get Trey Lance. It's kind of like, oh, uh, like we have to do it. And I, and I think they understand Garoppolo has his limitations. And oh, yeah, think- for sure. Yeah. And I think Garoppolo benefits from having a guy like Debo Samuel. He's got a great defense. He's got a great running game. I think that all benefits Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and it's just very interesting. Garoppolo will be a free agent in 2023. So next year is his last year on his contract. Uh, and he's due, I think, $24 million. It's a significant sum of money. But if the Niners get to the Super Bowl again, win or lose, it's tough to kind of get rid of them like that. Unless a team's going to blow you out of the water with the first round pick or something like that, which I don't necessarily foresee, especially with all of the veteran quarterbacks potentially on the move, like Rogers, uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. 
Yeah, and the 49ers have no leverage either because they know they want to try to deal with yeah, Trey Lance. Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't know. The Niners are in an interesting spot. They're in an interesting situation because even them, like I think if you put a microphone to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan before the season and you're like, do you think you can really get to the NFC Championship with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback? I think they both say no. I know they just did it in 2019, but I think their confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo was clearly... Well, even in 2019, that wasn't Garoppolo. That was all the defense. Yeah, and I, I think it's been clear that they haven't been fans of Garoppolo the last three years. Like, I think that's been, I feel like they've been trying to get rid of him for years and it hasn't worked out. And it felt like this was like a, a wink, wink, nod, nod. Like, this is your last year, Jimmy. And winning in Lambeau, that isn't an easy thing to do at all. Not to mention winning that game in Dallas uh, against Dak Prescott and that Dallas Cowboys offense. Like, those are two good, impressive road victories. Now, if they're able to beat the Rams, who they've had the Rams number the last like six appearances, then I think the 49ers should have a real conversation about their future in 2022 with Jimmy Garoppolo. But we'll get into um, the Rams game in a little minute. But And just like that, both number one seeds. See ya. <laughs> Kaplunk gone. And, I, I, and so I picked the Packers, as you did. I picked uh, both number one seeds this week. You picked the Packers, but you also picked the Bengals. So... At this point, Peter, uh, we are one and one, right? No, I'm 0 and 2. You're 1 and 1. Yeah. Rip the premium pick of the week. Rip the premium pick of the week. Shattered. Uh, Let's move on. Rams, Bucks, like we just talked about, the Rams, they were up 27 to 3 over Tom Brady's Bucks. 27 to 3. The game was a bloodbath. But Tom Brady does what he does best come back. But the comeback came up just short this time. The Rams won the game 30 to 27. Matt Stafford, 28 of 38. 366 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Cooper Cup, he continued his prolific season. He had nine receptions for 183 yards and a touchdown, uh, along with the go-ahead reception that set up the game-winning field goal. And Odell Beckham Jr., I think he had one of his best games as a Ram. He had six catches for 69 yards on eight targets. I think he played really well. Other side of things, Tom Brady, I don't think he played that that well. I really don't. He was 30 of 54 for 329 yards for one touchdown and a pick. Uh, Mike Evans was his favorite target, as expected. Eight catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. So this game was wild, Peter. Like I talked about, 27 to three, before a whirlwind of different circumstances, including a missed field goal by Matt Gay, a fumble by Cam Akers, just a number of different mistakes from the Rams, turnovers, you name it, and the Bucks came up just short. What's your overall takeaway from the game? Yeah, fumble by Cam Akers, fumble by even Cooper Cup, fumble by Matt Stafford. It, it's honestly crazy. If I was a Falcons fan, I would have PTSD from the 28-3. I thought Brady was going to do it, but ultimately I think his line and the lack of receivers at the end ultimately did him in. Aaron Donald was a beast all over the field. His left tackle wasn't good. His right tackle wasn't good. His whole, whole line wasn't good. I mean – Obviously, Brady can do whatever he wants, and it's shown it time and time again, but just a little, little too short. Scotty Miller, wide open at the end of the game, and he didn't hit him. And Mike Evans can do you so much because I don't think he's a in-the-middle-of-the-field guy. I think he's a down-the-stretch guy. I, I don't know. I just think they fell up a little too short. And this is the problem with the Rams. I mean, like, trying to give that game away, it was honestly so insane. And yeah, it did feel like Sean McVay, Stafford, and company were getting real nervous, and I don't blame them. Uh, the Bucks outscored the Rams in the second half 
24 to 10. And uh, they came to play in the second half, but the comeback was just short. I don't necessarily, like I talked about it uh, when I was recapping the game, I don't think Brady played his best game. I, I really don't. Like you talked about, he had Scotty Miller open. He had him a couple times open. And he just failed to connect with him. And I think Brady's lack of trust with his receivers came to bite him in this game. Losing Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown during the season came back to bite. And I don't think Gronk was great in this game either. I know he had a 42-yard reception, but I think for the most part, he did not look very explosive. Well, the problem with Gronk, right? Gronk's good when you have Godwin, Evans, and Brown on the field. But so you don't have to triple cover him, and you're not. Obviously, you're going to double cover Evans at the probably best corner, but, I mean, he'll get exposed. I mean, he, he was slow three years ago when he was yeah, the number one option. Last on year in the Super Bowl in that playoff run, he looked like, I don't want to say vintage Gronk, but he looked like he got right, a Right, but that's because he's the fourth option. I mean, he's probably on the third cornerback or third safety or whatever it is. Yeah, but it doesn't matter who's covering you. Like, you still, it depends It depends about your explosive level. Like, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Not really the separation, but just the explosive level, the ability to miss a tackle and break a tackle. He just didn't look like he had it. Just didn't Brady. He did. I don't know. I don't think, I think Brady played one of his worst playoff games in at least a couple of years. I don't like Brady's body language either. Yeah. He thought, did not look. I engaged. thought during the whole game, he just thought he was going to lose. Yeah. I think I agree. I think he clearly did not. Wasn't on board with the game plan. Uh, they ran the ball. I know they were down a lot, but they ran the ball 14 times. They passed the ball 54 times. Brady got sacked three times. He probably got hit 10 times. And I've talked about it for a couple of weeks now. I don't believe his relationship with with Bruce Arians is great. I don't. I think oh, yeah, Bruce no Arians way. sucks. Like I've told you, I told you, Arians and McCarthy, Peter, those are the two. And wow, uh, I think Arians set them up for failure. Uh, Todd Bowles, that last call, that Cooper Cup uh, reception at the end of the game, that was a terrible defensive play call. Uh, it's inexcusable to leave your defense that vulnerable, especially with the secondary as thin as the Bucks. So that was awful, and that cost them the game, if you want my opinion. Uh, Rams advancing to the NFC Championship. They're going to take on, like we talked about, the 49ers. So it'll be their third matchup, these NFC West foes. And the Bucks go home with a plethora of different questions. What is Tom Brady's future? He is under contract, but he did not commit to playing to the 2022 season as of yet. Uh, he was on his podcast, the Let's Go podcast, and he was – talking about how he's he's got to talk to his family and all that stuff. He has not committed yet, but he also uh, hasn't ruled out the potential of him playing. So, Peter, do you think Tom Brady is done? I don't. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I think... Like a different team? If Arians doesn't get... I, I mean, he won't get fired, but he'll be he'll brought out the door. Yeah, I mean, he'll brought brought out the door. If he stays on that team, Brady is going to go somewhere else. But I think he will be playing in 2023, maybe for his last year. But, yeah, I, I think he's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, you talk about how Tom Brady could potentially leverage his way out of there. I don't necessarily rule it out. Uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk had a story out, and he talked about how uh, Brady's relationship with Arians isn't the best and the Antonio Brown situation, how it unfolded. And the Bucs also have some question marks. Are they going to re-sign Chris Godwin? Who are they going to replace Antonio Brown with? What's going to happen with Gronk? So there's a lot of different circumstances for this Bucs team. And it felt like for the second half of the year, they did not necessarily look they look like they did last year or at the beginning of the season. Ultimately, though, I do think Brady is back. I think next year will be his last season. 
And Peter, I think we're going to get a scenario in which Brady announces before the season that next year will be his last. I think that's going to be concrete. We're going to his head Instagram into- po- his Instagram post on Tuesday. I thought he was going to retire right there. It's cryptic. Yeah, it's very cryptic. Uh, I I just can't see him walking out at 44. I feel like 45 has been an age he's always talked about doing. And I just think he kind of wants to see what the Bucks offseason is going to look out. Well, going to look like. I don't just see him relocating again for another year. I just can't see it. But I can see him retiring if the situation isn't right. If the Bucks pass on Godwin and they pass on paying a guy like Odell Beckham or something like that, then he might just say, you know what? I'm not going to. And let's say Gronk retires too. I could see him being like, you know what? I'm done. Uh, I, I think, think Gronk's going to retire if he retires. And I think Gronk's going to come back if he just comes back. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. Gronk could put that on Brady, be like, I'm going to come back. If you come back, if not, I'm, I'm not. But Gronk is a free agent. So the Bucks could be in a situation where like Gronk, we're all set. Like we like what we have with Cam Brayton and OJ Howard. Uh, I don't think they will. Yeah, and then, then they'll be like, back. yeah, and then they'll just upset Brady even more. Yeah. Brady will be like, really? Okay. I put it, tell you what, Peter, three weeks ago, if you asked me, I would have said 0% chance Brady retires. If you're asking me today, uh, I'm going to say this is about a 25 Well, I think it's just a cat and mouse game between Arians and Arians, the owner of the Bucks, and Brady. Just how it was here like three years ago. Just- I put it at 25%. I think in the, I think he is debating it to some degree. I don't think it's necessarily all that serious. Like I said, I think he's trying to leverage Bruce Arians to retire. I think Brady would be totally content if Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles was running the ship for the last season. Uh, Or somebody like Bill O'Brien, who he had a good relationship with here, uh, who is the offensive coordinator for Alabama. I'm going to put up my uh, flag in the stake, though. He's going to go to the 49ers. You think he's going to the 49ers? Yeah, we'll that, the that's, 49ers. What, that's what Mike Florio suggested. And then, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll teach Trey Lance one more year. And obviously, we want to go there three years ago, and obviously, it didn't happen. So I, I just can't go. see just it. End it off. I can't see it, though. I just, I don't rule that out. If I had to put that in a percentage, I put that at like 3% to 4, 3 to 5%. Hey, listen, I mean, listen, you can be like, hey, Giselle, you can stay in Florida, and I'll, I'll live it out here in California for one year, and then we'll come back to Florida. Like by myself. So I, I do originally I do I totally agree with you. I think he wanted to go to the Niners. Like I think his list originally was the San Francisco 49ers, the New Orleans Saints, Chicago Bears. Like I think that were those were the teams that he was really interested in. And most of those teams kind of were kind of passed on him. Uh and even the Chargers at the end, I think it came down to the Chargers and the Bucks. And he decided to stay on the East Coast and went to the Bucks. And so his and I thought the Titans, I think he thought the Titans would be interested and they really weren't. So there was a lot of, I think he thought he would have more interest. Now, all those teams were wrong. I mean, oh, yeah. imagine the 49ers with Tom Brady. I mean, they probably win the Super Bowl last year, right? And they're probably in the NFC Championship game this year as they are now with Garoppolo. But you wouldn't have gave up three first-round picks for Trey Lance, that's for sure. So uh, I think it's an interesting situation with Brady. I'm going to put it, like I said, 20 to 25% chance he retires. 3% there's a new team. Uh, and 70% he's back. That's kind of where I'm feeling it out. Um, but if this is indeed it for Tom Brady uh, in his two years with the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, I feel like the ending, that last loss to the Rams, like I, 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 like I don't think Brady goes into the game and he's like, you know, if we lose, like I'm going to come back. If we win, 
Like I'm gonna retire. Like I usually think, on the sideline, you're just like, all right, let's go, let's yeah, come he, on, let's go. Yeah. You're just sitting there by himself. Even during the comeback, you're just like, leave me alone. That's why I think it goes back to the game plan, and I think there is obviously. And if a you want to put, yeah, if you want to put this too, I mean, Giselle into the box when they're getting destroyed, they're they're cheering, they're like, oh, Brady's yeah. actually gonna leave. Oh, nice. We're gonna get our dad back. He's gonna actually be a real human. No. I, I still think one more year. I think 45 has been the year. He's the age he's always been talking about. He's coming off an MVP season. It just feels like one more season. Real talk. Do you like think like when Brady's like, Giselle, I'm going to play another year, okay? And do you think Giselle just like, it's like rolls her eyes? Like, do you think it's like World War Three at the Brady household? Do you think it's just World War, if it's like World War Three, or is it just like a general understanding where like she'll roll her eyes and Brady will be like, sorry. Again, I, I have no idea, but if I were to guess, to me, he, it feels like those conversations don't go that swell. And it probably gets even worse, like, obviously, when he's older. It's like, And it's weird. The Brady retirement reports kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, they were non-existent for the first 14 games of the regular season. Uh, pretty much after Christmas, there was a couple of reports, but it wasn't anything definitive and it's nothing Brady said, but it's just been reporters kind of suggesting that he hasn't necessarily committed yet. And it's just odd how it's kind of gone this way. Bucks have a lot of decisions to make, but if you want Tom Brady back, if I'm the Bucks, I am re-signing Chris Godwin. Oh, if I'm the Bucks, uh, if I'm the owner, I'm like, Brady, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't oh, yeah, matter. Exactly. Or if I'm not re-signing Chris Godwin, I'm the first one to call Odell Beckham Jr., who has a, cro- a close relationship with Tom Brady. I'm calling the Falcons for Calvin Ridley. I'm doing whatever I have to do to keep my quarterback happy. I'm help. I'm fixing the offensive line. I'm bringing back Leonard Fournette. I'm doing what I have to do. Because if you're the Bucs, right, I think you should be willing to sacrifice the immediate future to go all out to win the 2022 Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. Unless they have, unless they have, they can walk away from Brady unless they have Russell Wilson in their back pocket or Deshaun Watson yeah, I- in their back pocket, but. I, don't, I just, I don't believe they have that. I mean, if Brady walks, like, I don't think they're going to. Well, I mean, they're not going to go with Blaine Gabbert. Or they're yeah, not no, no, Trask. no. I think they would be in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo. They can't or... justify that to the fans. I, they have no choice. What are you going to do? You're going to, that's who it would, if Brady retired today, right? I think then they would be in on Garoppolo. They would be in on Teddy Bridgewater. They would. Like I talked about, Taylor Heineke, Gardner Minshew, all those guys, Marcus Mario, all those bridge guys. Uh, and then he would probably try to keep developing Kyle Trask. Like, I think that's what they would do. I, I just can't see a scenario in which they acquire Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Maybe I'm wrong here, but to me, it feels like that's unlikely at this point. But who knows? Who, whoever thought Brady would end up in Tampa Bay? So I would say nothing's impossible. But Peter, uh, we both had the Rams, so we both took that W. Uh, so I, I'm i one and two at this point, and you are two and one. I'll take my victory up on this. I don't have to see Brady in the stupid Super Bowl. I know. That was very unfortunate, Peter. Very unfortunate. I did. Oh, listen, I did want – after Garoppolo won, I wanted to see Garoppolo versus Brady in the NFC Championship game just because yeah. of the – That would have been tons of storylines. Tons of storylines. It is what it is. Even the national storylines, too. Brady and San Francisco, his childhood team. Like, there's a lot of different, like – Brady wanted to go to San Fran. It's just so many storylines. Okay, moving on. This was arguably, I know there was four games of the week. This Like the four of them could be considered like the games of the week, but 
This one, in my opinion, might have been the best game. Chiefs-Bills uh, came down to an overtime thriller, uh, but the Chiefs ended up victorious, 42-36. to 36. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 33-44 of 44 for 378 yards and three touchdowns. QBR of 96 and a quarterback rating of 123.1. Uh, the Chiefs also ran for 182 yards. Mahomes had 69 yards in the ground. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 60. Mikhail Hardman had 31. McKinnon had 24. So they all contributed in the run game. Tyreek Hill, he was phenomenal. 11 catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, he was also great. Eight catches, 96 yards and a touchdown. You look at the other side of things, Josh Allen was equally as good as Mahomes. 27 of 37 for 329 yards and four touchdowns. He had a QBR of 90.3 and a quarterback rating of 136.0. The Bills, they ran for 109 yards. Josh Allen led the way with 68. Uh, Gabriel Davis, coming out of nowhere, right? Eight catches for 201 yards and four touchdowns. Cole Beasley had six catches for 60 yards. The big surprise of the game was... Tell you what, Peter, if you would have told me the Bills would score 36 points, but Stephon Diggs would only have three catches for seven yards, I would say that doesn't make much sense. But Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley stepped up. And this game, like I talked about, came down to an overtime thriller. Uh, The Chiefs were able to tie the game with 13 seconds left in regulation. Uh, They had enough time to run two plays, and they executed them to perfection. One to Tyreek Hill, one to Travis Kelsey to set up a field goal. And then overtime, Chiefs got the ball, won the, won the coin toss, got the ball, and then Travis Kelsey concluded the game with a touchdown. So, Peter, what is your takeaway from this wild game? Well, first, apologize to Josh Allen and apologize to the Bills. I apologized to Josh Allen last week. Okay, that's good. Josh Allen is a top three quarterback, and you can't change my mind. If you I want put to him in top it, five last week. I, I gave him his credit last if week. If you want to spin it to the Patriots, the Patriots are absolutely screwed. Absolutely screwed. But we'll get into that later. Mac Jones is not the answer. But oh my god, for Christ! Why? Why? No, Peter. Why? Why? Why is he the answer? Tell me why. All right, listen. If you're going to have Mahomes, Allen, I want to hear. I want to hear. Right? Would you like to know three in the AFC? Would you like to know Josh Allen's stats from his rookie season? And then would you like to know Josh Allen's stats? Four. You are not going to sniff the Super Bowl unless they. Would you like to know? Would you like to know Josh Allen's stats? Tell you what, Peter. If you were, if you were the Patriots, right? If they gave, or let me put this in perspective. If the Bills gave up on Josh Allen after a year, because he had, because he had no, worse I, than I'm not saying. Listen, I'm not saying give up on Mac Jones. You um, did. You said he's not the answer. He's not. Nobody's the answer. They're not oh going to get. Gonna my blood it's going to be like Phil Rivers. It's just going to be like we're going to be the Chargers of whatever. We're just never going to overpass Ma- Manning, Brady, and Roethlisberger. That's uh, what it is. It's Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. It's just. Look, I think the future of the AFC, I don't think it's as concrete as everybody else does. The Chiefs' skill position players are going to age out in a couple of years. I think that's evident. I think we already started to see some of that demise this year. Mahomes, through the regular season, it felt like he was going through the motions. But and then Mahomes now is just like, listen, I'm the best quarterback ever. And nobody can. He, he's the best quarterback in the league. I absolutely agree. But the Bills, Josh Allen, like I talked about, top, like you said, top five quarterback in the league. Not disputing that, but I don't think these guys are. Uh, the freaking 2007 Patriots where they're going to be unbeatable. I I just, I don't like, I think there's some flaws in that team Uh, defensively. I think Sean McDermott got exposed Uh, 13 seconds left in the game and you don't decide to squib it or kick it in a different way. Instead, you're going to kick it through the end zone and give Mahomes two cracks. 
you squibbed in that scenario, Mahomes would have had one shot and the Bills would have won the game. That opinion. is why. That is why everybody that's complaining about the overtime rolls can go shove it. Yeah, I agree. Stop I them like 13 seconds rolls. and stop them the whole game. It, I, I know you weren't going to – listen, I know you weren't going to stop Mahomes in that, on that whole game, and I'm being facetious, but, like, squib, squib the kick, as you said. Like, 13 seconds, you should be able to stop them. Yeah. I, I, Peter, I'm 100% on board with you. I keep the overtime rules as is. Uh, the Bills had every opportunity to win this game. They had the lead with 13 seconds left in the game. And the one thing that I will give credit to, it feels like Josh Allen didn't complain. The Bills players didn't really complain. The media complains, obviously. And most, it feels no, like the Bills, the Bills, no. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it just fell a little too short. Like you lost the coin toss. Like I get it. But, I, I like the rules how they are. I, I think it makes things exciting and adding. And then, all right, what would you, how could you go about changing it? Would you get both teams a possession? Unless you want to just do, hey, you can play a whole 10 minutes and just figure it out there and just play a whole quarter again. Kind of like, like the, like the regular season. Yeah. And just, well, kind of. No. And just don't do like first touchdown wins or first field goal. If the other person doesn't do it, just play 10 minutes and just, figure it out and if it's tied again just do it again i like the rules i i do i do i i like it i like how defensive i i understand where the nfl is right now the offensive presence in the game has never been stronger like you talked about mahomes josh allen they scored 24 points in the last two minutes right but there still is a defensive element in this game and there should be uh, i absolutely think that if you're an nfl defense and you're the Bills, who were mostly considered a top-five defense in the NFL, should be able to limit Patrick Mahomes from getting in field goal range with two plays, right? Uh, call me crazy, but you would think you should be able to stop that. Just the thought that the Chiefs have legitimately two weapons, right? The shocker goes to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, like, and Travis they, Kelsey was wide open. They legitimately have two weapons. That is it. This year, we saw it. We saw it through the regular season. That's why a lot of people were out on the Chiefs. When those guys were covered, the Chiefs could not do anything. So what did the Bills do? They decided to not cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. The worst, in my opinion, was the Travis Kelsey one. They weren't even close. Hey, I'll give credit to Tyreek Hill on the punt return, though. Listen, he can juke everybody. Tyreek Hill is, I might call him the best receiver in the NFL. Oh, yeah, the fast receiver, and he does whatever he wants. hes I don't want to call him underrated, but I feel like he's the most... What was that was, Toffin call, though, when you put up the peace sign? He's always done that. No, but I know, but, like, Oh, but, yeah, no, I, I know. Like, where, where is that 15 yards? Like, come on. You're right. Know. It's not like Tom Brady. He got the penalty. Yeah, I know. And if it was anybody, I, he did it right in front of the ref. And I was like, all right, here, here you go. And it never came. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Wild game, though, Peter. Absolutely wild, wild game. Uh, I don't want to call it the – is this the, was that the best game you've ever seen? I know everyone's saying that. I don't think it was the best. Recency bias, yes, but no, because I'm going to just say the Falcons game. That's, for me anyway, I'm actually going to go a little bit older. That Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl 2014, from a perspective, like offensive defense, like that was a fantastic game. Like that had everything. It had the drama at the end yeah, of Malcolm Butler. True. I know the, the Patriots-Falcons game, that one's crazy. That was absolutely absurd. And the chances of that ever happening again are slim. In this game, I liked it, but I kind of like when the defenses show up. I kind of think it's... To be fair, though, I didn't want that game to end. And when that game ended, I was like, damn. They scored 25 points in like two minutes. 
Yeah, that's what I said. 25 points in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, the Bills went down to score. Chiefs answered. Bills answered. Chiefs answered. It was just bang, 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 bang. was dead for the first three quarters. And then it just... What happened to what happened to both the what happened to the, the Bills defense? I mean, I thought it was a little bit better. I really well, I was did. saying I, that last week. They got exposed without turning this away. The first time they faced a confident offense in like two and a half week or two and a half months. I don't know. I, just I don't is know. what it is. So the Bills, uh, they're out, and I know you're out, you're high on the Bills clearly, but losing this year, um, the week before last year, last year they made it to the AFC title game. This year, they fall to the AFC Divisional round. Uh, you look at the Bills. They pay Josh Allen. I feel like they're in a pretty good position. I want to see what Josh Allen does without Brian Dayball. I would very, very much want to see how that goes. Is it the same product, Peter, you think? I don't know. If Josh Allen, oh, listen, Josh Allen can run the ball of what he wants. He, he trucked the defensive lineman or whatever and injured the guy. I was like, holy crap. You're a quarterback. He's, not a, he's not afraid. He's not afraid. No, he's not. So the Bills have some questions. Is Brian Dayball back? I don't necessarily think so. I think, no, I, I think he ends up with the Giants. So I think Dayball's gone. Uh, I'm curious who they would look, because that would probably be the most coveted offensive coordinator spot in the league at that point. Very curious who they would look to hire. Off the top of my head, that has connections to McDermott. I'm not necessarily sure who they would go with at this point, but. Why can't you just like elevate the wide receivers coach or the quarterbacks coach? <laughs> I think Dayball is also the quarterback's coach. Oh. I think okay. I could be wrong, but uh, Dayball does a lot for that offense. And I think Dayball has helped Josh Allen progress to the quarterback. He is. I think Josh Allen's top five quarterback in the game. Uh, I would put Rogers in front of him. I would put Mahomes in front of him. I put Brady in front of him. So I put him. What is that for? I am Mahomes, Brady, Josh Allen. So you have, so I Rogers have four. four. I have Rodgers in front of him. But if you're a Bills fan, though, like I know like you feel good and all that, but you must be kind of pissed. I mean, you are pissed because like you should have won that game three times. Yeah, I, if I'm a Bills fan, like I'm, I actually think this season's a failure. If I'm a Bills fan, I that's how I would view it. I don't think so because I don't know. Don't think like, so? You should have won that game and like you've shown to the world that like you can keep up with the Chiefs and they built that game and they built that roster. They just built up the Chiefs and they yeah, just and they still forward. failed. You know, like they built the rock, like you just talked about, they built the roster to compete with the Chiefs and they still failed. Like now you're back to the drawing board and this time you didn't even make the AFC title game. Yeah, but I mean, listen, if they would have faced the Bengals, they could have beat the Bengals. If they they didn't because they didn't get it done in the regular season. So, fair. Say what you want about my guy, Mac Jones, Peter, but Josh Allen was only one game better. I don't. I just, <laughs> you can't. All right. One listen. little game. Yeah. Okay. One game, Peter. One game. I'll Anything pay you. Get- All right. Yep. That's whatever. You're going to pay me? I'll, yeah. I'll pay you if they make the AFC Championship game next year. Who? I didn't say the Patriots making the AFC title game next I'll year. I'll pay you if they make any anything. I'll pay you if they win the division next year. I didn't say the Patriots winning the division next year. They're just pork. The pork. I, I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Bills are the Chiefs. That's all. Bills That's are the, and you have the Bengals. It, the ba- Patriots aren't in the same division as the Bengals. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You said the division. What do you want? Uh, no, I'm just comparing it. Just the Roger. I mean, I'm just comparing it. Manning, Brady, Roethlisberger. Who's Roethlisberger? Yeah, Burrow. Burrow's Roethlisberger, and then Manning and Brady are Allen and Mahomes. 
And then if you want to put Joe Flacco in there, you can put Look, like I like Joe in there. I like Joe Burrow. I like those. I like Joe Burrow and all. He's got two playoff wins. I don't. Yeah, he's got, two, he's got two playoff wins. He beat Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. All he does is win. That's all he does. All right. Well, we'll see. Like, I I like Joe Burrow a lot. I, I really do. I think there's a little bit of inco- and uh, I think there's a little bit of questions surrounding. I think they got to fix that offensive line. I like Burrow. I think he's gonna. Well, we'll talk about the games first, Peter. Before we get into our predictions, right? Uh, Sean Payton. Uh, that is something that caught me off guard. On a Tuesday afternoon, uh, Sean Payton stepped down from being the head coach of the New Orleans Saints after, what was it, 15 seasons, I believe? Yeah, it was a long, it was my a head. long time. Sean Payton was in New Orleans since, I think it was 2006. So he's been there a long, long time. Uh, known as probably a top five coach yeah, in the NFL. For, for I, sure, I, yeah. I, I would call him top five. I know yeah, some people sure. don't really like him, but uh, uh, Sean Payton, 58 years old. Um, didn't necessarily retire, but stepped down. He said in his retirement, I don't want to call it retirement. He said in his press conference that he is taking the 22, 2022 season off coaching. He is going to do something else, uh, whether it's TV or take a year off, whatever. Which is unfortunate because I was hoping he would be the Cowboys coach in 2022. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you're Sean Payton, what was your, f- Peter, why do you think he did it? I don't honestly. He just burnt. I don't honestly know. I mean, there's been rumors for the last like three years that he was going to step down, like, and it never happened. I, I don't know why it happened now. Maybe he's just burnt out. He doesn't have a quarterback anymore. He's just going to have to go back to the drawing board, like, completely. Because obviously, Taysom Hill's not the answer. I don't think James Winston's the answer, but no. I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just waiting for the new TV and then just waiting for the best spot next year, or the year after, or I don't know. Sean Payton, it's it. He's had he's been the center about rumors for the last couple of years. Like there's been like two or three years, or the last couple of years where there's been rumors that he would retire. Even with Breeze, he said he was going to retire. Uh, yeah, it, mm-hmm. like this isn't like it came out of right field. Like this was something that's been talked about. Now he has a history with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was their quarterbacks coach for a couple of years there. Uh, he's under the Bill Parcells tree. You go to the uh, you go to the Bears he's from Chicago. Yeah, and then you he's from. He was at, yeah. Well, he was born actually in California, but he was, uh, he grew up in yeah. Illinois. But he says he's not coaching this year. And I, I take him on his word there. I think he's going to go to TV, whether it's Fox, Amazon on Thursday nights would be interesting. Uh, they have the TV package in 2022. That That's would be interesting. So stupid. I, I agree with you. But I have to buy Amazon Prime now. You don't have it already? No. I'll hook you up with the login. You're awesome. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it caught me a little off guard just from the timing perspective. And I think he looked at the situation with the Saints and he's just like, I don't really know what we're building. We don't really have a quarterback. We have no assets. They're in literally cap jail with everything. Like Michael Thomas hates the team. Um, they don't have any options at the quarterback position. They don't. Now, I think, I don't know if you were a, like this thought though, but I thought they were going to be players for acquiring a guy like Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, I've been in the camp. I, I thought they were going to get a Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I was going to say you were a Mayfield guy. And I even think Garoppolo was a fit there. Um, both, with, both of them went to uh, Eastern Illinois. And it doesn't. And none of them are going to come to fruition because Peyton's out the door. So I think it's an interesting timing thing. Conspiracy theory for you, Peter. Maybe there is a little bit of a wink-wink with Jerry Jones, that whenever Mike McCarthy's done, he's going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Maybe Jerry Jones wanted him now. Do you think Sean Payton was going to get fired? He's on the hot seat. No, I think Payton was done with the Saints this year. I think maybe he was done with the Saints this year. Um, And I think that was what he wanted to do. And I think maybe Jerry Jones approached him and was like, hey, do you want to coach the Cowboys? And he said, not this year, but whenever, after this year, maybe any year, just not this year. Uh, Maybe that's a theory. I don't, it's, it's odd because he's somebody that I really like. And I think he's done a fantastic job with the Saints. You know, the Saints were legitimately a Rams second half collapse away from making the playoffs with Trevor Simeon and Ian Book and Taysom Hill. Like, isn't that really crazy to think? I guess. I mean, if you want, if you want to step back, though, he underachieves severely with with, with Breeze? Drew Brees. Severely with Drew Brees. What do they have? One and two thousand nine. Yeah, they only won one in two thousand nine. They weren't able to get there. Um, Again, some of it, I mean, I'm not making excuses for the guy, but that Minnesota miracle was tough. I know, but listen, I, I, and I know it's not on Peyton, but for tens plus years, he can build a defense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it felt like the defense was finally like turning the corner. And that brings me to my next point. Uh, The leading candidate, according to Adam Schefter, is Dennis Allen, the current defensive coordinator. Uh, Dennis Allen coached the Raiders for a couple of years in the mid 2000s. Did not work out at all. But it felt like he's done a pretty good job, and it felt like internally the Saints have really liked him, and they've liked his uh, his presence in the organization as a whole. Now, if you're the Saints, do you just go with Dennis Allen and see how it goes and then reevaluate in 2023? Yeah, I mean, if they like him, the locker room likes him, and the defense obviously would pretty pretty good last year. So I don't like that. And the Saints, they're late to the game here, right? Uh, all the other teams have been on the head coaching search for weeks now. In order to really find a candidate they want, unless they have someone externally. And McDaniels, yeah. You can go there. I, I don't think McDaniels would want to go there. I mean, I just don't. I, that quarterback situation is way too up in the air. And the money situation's rough. And it just felt like there's a lot of things that need to change in New Orleans. Dennis Allen makes too much sense. The locker room likes him. He stepped in for Sean Payton when Payton had COVID. Um, and it just would make sense in the bridge of the year. If Dennis Allen does well, if he does like what Eric Basaki had, um, did with the Raiders, then keep him around. If he turns into, I don't know, uh, some, some of that didn't work out in a year. If he it just didn't work out, then you'll have a full year, like a full off season to really evaluate who you want to be the next head coach of the future. Because Dennis Allen probably isn't, but they'll have a full year to figure out who they want to be. And then it'll also give them a full year to, make themselves more attractive, maybe they'll have a quarterback, you know? Yeah. Not saying it's going to be anything special, but maybe they're going to look to draft someone this year. Maybe, like you you talked about Baker Mayfield for a while, maybe Baker Mayfield's out of uh, Cleveland next year. Who knows? So the Saints are a team that I would keep an eye on. It is unfortunate, though, because I thought they were going to land a real quarterback this year. Yeah, Saints are a little – Saints are really, really weird. They bought him out, you think? It's way too early to even talk about it, but what? the Saints, they can have like a rough, rough year, you think? Oh, probably. I mean, it depends on what they do with Taysom Hill and James Winston. They bring James Winston back. I don't know. That team is in that franchise laughing stock before Sean Payton got there. He put oh, legitimate yeah. credibility. I like I agree with you. He underachieved with one Super Bowl, but I have to say he kind of he helped Drew Brees throughout his career from the Chargers to the Saints and made him a better player. And like the the Saints were the Lions twenty years ago. Like they were 
LMFAO, like you guys freaking suck. Like shout out Noah, but sorry. It's it's true. It's true. The Saints were that bad of a franchise in terms of everything. Attendance, um, winning seasons, awful. But Sean Payton went there, completely changed the culture. Right after Hurricane Katrina, too. And before we just pivot here, I'm going to bring this up to you. I, I thought this is a good talking point. Sean Payton in his um, press conference talked about how he had an interview with the Packers before he got the Saints job. He was a finalist. It was him and Mike McCarthy. Wow. Mike McCarthy got the job. Now, if Aaron Rodgers had Sean Payton as his head coach, how many Super Bowls does he win? Damn. Probably like three. I agree. I think he wins three. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or like four. I think he gets there maybe three times. And they probably win two of them. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't yeah, even I know. know that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, 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 I did not know that either. And if Mike McCarthy ended up in New Orleans, how many does Drew Brees get? Wow. I'll say zero. So- yeah, zero, maybe. I mean, listen, I mean, after a natural event, and maybe that they still won 2009 because of Katrina, but who knows? If you're the Packers, you're kind of like shit. Wow, that's crazy. Seriously, that's one of those like what damn, what if I, moments? Damn. What if moments? Because I think Aaron Rodgers wins more than one with Sean Payne. Oh, book, for you sure. That. You can book that. Take that to the bank. Or at least uh, even like appear more than once. Oh, absolutely. Like appear like four times. If I would get this would be my and that division. That division yeah. is terrible. Yeah, I think they. I'm telling you, I think they get there three times and they probably win two of them. That's I. I, that, I tell you what, that's their floor. Is they win two. That's crazy. I think Sean Payton's that good. Okay, any other NFL topics you want to hit? You want to have some breaking news? It's not NFL related. Sure. You want to guess what it is? Uh, I feel what what sport is it? It's baseball. I I I I did see this. Yes, you can. Oh, get off your phone, bro! I was waiting until the NFL stuff was done. Sorry, you can you can break it. Ah, uh, from Japan, the Red Sox are going to sign Sia Suzuki, right fielder, when the lockout is over. Very good. So I one thing that I, I don't know if you have this, but do you have the contract numbers? I, I do not. That. They probably can't get enough. I don't think they can give stuff. that away. Yeah, I don't think they can give that away. So is it a, like I saw a couple people tweet, it's official, like that's officially official? I think it's official as in like official because like they don't have a contract and they can't announce so stuff. So this guy's going to play right field, right? Yeah. Okay, so does this mean... Schwarber's out of the equation? This means either Schwarber isn't going to get re-signed or when JD walks in a year, they're not going to re-sign him. I don't know. I mean, if I were them, I'd just re-sign Schwarber and then... Unless... I agree. I agree. And then you make Schwarber your DH. DH and then, and then let JD walk next year. Yeah. That's what let, I would do. Let JD platoon play him a little bit of left field. and Yeah. I don't know. That's what I would do. I would do a little bit of a mix. But that's a... a he's the number one guy from Japan this year, right? He's yeah. that guy. Yeah. Big W for the Red Sox, hopefully. I mean, they've done this a couple times. We all remember the dice game, Matsuzaka. We all remember that. And that, uh, I'd rate that signing like a C, right? That wasn't an F. Oh, that wasn't an F. Like a C, right? Yeah, it wasn't bad. If this guy, all right, so I'll, I'll put the bar. If that guy can be better than dice game, Matsuzaka, I'll take that W. But Okay, any other breaking news happen? No. Stole my thunder. That's fine. Sorry, I saw. I got the. I saw it, and I was like, I, I was actually thinking. I got that about, notification like forty minutes ago when we were talking about like the Bucks game, and I was like, all right, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Yeah, I was actually. I was gonna end the show and say, "Hey, Peter, do you see what the Red Sox just did?" And oh, I was right. Say no, but and I was hoping you'd have a cl- uh, clever uh, exit. But ah. all right, uh, let's. Which one would you rather 
breakdown uh, preview first. NFC or AFC championship? We can do AFC since it's first, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, AFC championship Bengals at Chiefs, like we talked about. The Chiefs come in as seven point favorites. Uh, total for this game is set at 54. Now, these teams already played each other. Uh, was it week 14, week 15, something like that? And the Chiefs lost. Uh, the Bengals won. Uh, it was a thrilling game. Uh, it was one of the best games of the NFL season. Uh, do you remember that first and goal situation, second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal? They had a couple penalties and they kicked the game winning field goal. Yep. Chiefs uh, defensive holding, I think it was. I think it was defensive fourth holding and, and then like an offside. I don't know. There was a couple of penalties. Uh, there was, I remember it was something weird, but they ended up getting the W and they ended up, that ended up costing the Chiefs the number one seed in the AFC. And it actually, that win won the division for the Bengals, yep. I believe. So, Peter, what is your feeling going into the game? My feeling in the game is, listen, I've been a Joe Burrow guy the whole time, but I January think that Joey. January Joey, and technically it's still going to be January, but I think the Chiefs are going to win versus the Bengals. I'm picking the Chiefs minus seven. I, I just think last week you saw how bad, well, not bad, but like how bad the offensive line was, and I think that the Chiefs can still do that with Melvin Ingram. That, that's an insane trade. Six-round pick for Melvin Ingram. That's a complete steal. But, yeah, I, I just think the Bengals are two years too short or even a year too short of making the Super Bowl, and I think that it's just Patrick Mahomes' thing. But I would pick the under just because I think there was way too many points last week in every game. I think they're just going to try to slow it down. But, yeah, I picked the Chiefs minus seven. I think it's too short, too. When I When I saw that, I was like, damn. And you like the under, you said, right? Yeah, I like the under of 54, Chiefs minus seven. Sorry, Bengals. Listen, it's funny. I, I have a Bengals AFC ticket and a Super Bowl ticket. I, I thought for but sure I, you were going to pick the Bengals. Like, I was. I mean, listen, I'm going to root for the Bengals, but I mean, my head's saying. Feels like the country's rooting yeah, for the Bengals. Yeah, on the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. The Chiefs were my uh, original Super Bowl pick to come out, uh, original pick to come out of the AFC. Uh, and I like them in this game, and I think they win this game relatively comfortably. I think they win 38-24. Uh, I have the over in the game. Uh, I think Mahomes probably throws four touchdowns in this game, and I think – I don't think Burrow's going to be able to hold up. Uh, I don't want to say hold up. That's the wrong word. I don't think he's going to be able to match Mahomes at the end of the day. Uh, and I think the Chiefs are going to be in a situation where they're at home. They play very well at Arrowhead, especially in the AFC Championship. Uh, and I think this game might just prove to be a little too much for the Bengals and Joe Burrow to handle. Uh, I'm very curious to see the, the status of Tyron Matthew for the Chiefs. I think that's important. And I just don't believe in the Bengals' defense at all. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to take away any of the Chiefs' offensive weapons. Like, we thought the Bills' defense was bad last week. Just wait for the, just wait for the Bengals this week. Uh, home run of a season for the Bengals, because I think most people thought their ceiling was the division. Right? If Not they were to get there. I don't, I don't even think. I think they're a wild card team at best. Well, that's what I'm saying, like ceiling, like. Oh, ceiling, yeah. I mean, the ceiling, I think they're right here. The AFC Championship again. Yeah, that's true. They weren't, you're right, because then there was like the Ravens and you had the Browns and stuff. So. Yeah. I guess they kind of got uh, missed in the shuffle, but I, I think their Cinderella story comes to an end. If Joe Burrow wins this game, though. I Ooh, would, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I, might, I might pick him in the bowl if he wins this game. I don't know yet. Don't hold me to it. But if he wins this game straight up, no like Mahomes injury or anything like that. Wow. Wow. Maybe I'll start to buy in on Zach Taylor. 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. I haven't gotten there yet. Not yet. I think Zach Taylor is going to stick around for a long time with Joe Burrow. I really do. If he can fix it off, if he could coach up the offensive line. Uh, NFC, uh, what did we just, yeah, we said AFC. NFC Championship. 49ers at Rams. Round three, Peter. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay the last six appearances. Um, they've had Sean McVay's number. Uh, despite the fact that the Rams now have Stafford, not Jared Goff, the results have been the same. Uh, the Rams are three and a half point favorites. Uh, the total is set at 46 and a half. Uh, when you look at this game, the Rams, they take care of business this week. They don't even have to get on a plane for the Super Bowl, Peter. They get home. They don't have to get on a plane for the rest of the season. Uh, so I think that's got to be something in the back of their minds as well. Uh, Sean McVay looking to make it Super Bowls for the first time since 2018. And Shanahan's trying to get there for the first time since 2019. Uh, two of the most young, coveted head coaches in the game. Uh, very interesting matchup. Who you got? I have the Rams minus three and a half reluctantly. That's my premium. See, I'm shocked pick. about that too, Peter. I thought, we were, I thought we were both going to be different this week. No, nah, that's my premium pick of the week. Oh, I my just... Oh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the Chiefs are my premium pick. Sorry. Yeah, that's, a, that's probably where I should have went. But I, I don't know. I just don't see the the uh, 49ers beating the Rams three times in the same season. I know McVay is like 0-6 or Shannon or something stupid like that. Yeah. I, I think Garoppolo is way worse than Matt Stafford. I think they're the only way they can win if you saw last week when the Rams just melt and just try to give the, uh, the game away to the defense. And – I hope that Cam Akers is in the starter next week. I hope it's Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson. Just, just been inactive for like two weeks, but I don't know. I don't think Cam Akers is game oh, ready anymore. Yeah, he's coming off that major injury. That's tough. That's tough. On the ball like three times. Yeah, I mean, like he hasn't practiced like all. Like he just started practicing what two weeks ago. Yeah, I love that under though. I don't think Garoppolo is going to score a lot of points, and if. And I don't think the Rams are either. And especially if the 49ers win, that's definitely not getting the over. I'll tell you what, I like the Rams here. Again, this was my pick to come out of the NFC was the Rams. But I'm nervous. I'm getting the vibes that I got for the Packers-Niners game I talked about last week. And I was like, Ugh, I'm picking the Packers, but my gut says no. I'm picking the Rams, but I'm uneasy about it. I like the Rams 24-19. I think the under hits, as you said. Uh, I think ultimately... Stafford's going to do enough to win. Uh, and I think Garoppolo, I think he's going to finally throw a couple picks in this game. I think Jalen Ramsey uh, is going to be take away side of the field. And I think this Rams defense is ferocious enough to take away a guy like Debo Samuel. I think the Rams defense is the best defense left in these NFL playoffs. I don't think that's really up for debate. Uh, their defense is that good. And I think Sean McVay finally, 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 finally overcomes what happened. Uh, the last six appearances against Kyle Shanahan or whatever it is. I like the Rams and I like the under. So I got Rams Chiefs in my Super Bowl, just like I said in the preseason, Peter. Where are your ticket? You got any? I, know, I was waiting for it. I don't have the ticket, nor do I have the Jokic ticket, MVP tickets, nor do I have what other tickets did I not have, Peter? So like when you uh, when you successfully out of the round of like 64, whatever March Madness is, is stupid, whatever it is. So when you pick the championship, right? Where's my ticket? Yeah, where's your ticket? Or... Where's my ticket? I know. Where's my ticket? I know. I know. I suck. And tell you what. Going into the playoffs, I felt real confident about the Chiefs. Rams, I was like, I think even most people figured they would go down in the divisional round. 
or even the NFC Championship game. Yeah, if they get that I don't. Lucky. I just don't know. I mean, I think it's isn't it fate that the 49ers are just going to make the Super Bowl just because nobody nobody just, thinks the Rams just feel. I I know they're coming off a good win. Just I feels like McVay's a little weary of Stafford, but the same could be said about Garoppolo and the Niners. That's All right, if he, listen, if the AFC Championship, right, if the Bengals win, right, and you're Joe Burrow and you see the Rams win, just count your blessings. Count your blessings, no. They're going to get sacked like 18 times. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, abs- you're right, 100%. The Rams, like, Rams' defense is legit. They are absolutely legit. And it, fi- it feels like Von Miller's finally, like, produ- uh, producing now. Oh, he now. looks like Von Miller, like, yeah, five, six years ago. It took ago. him, like, after they made the deal the first couple of weeks, I was like, like this ain't working out too, too well. But wow, it has. It has worked out. Uh, they got their bang for their buck. And if the Rams lose, I'm going to categorize this as a failure of a season for them. All those spending and draft picks didn't work out. Because if you're going to lose to your division rival with a quarterback they really don't want. Three times. Tough look. Real At home. At home. You lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I get it. You know, it's the Chiefs. You don't lose to Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl, that's for sure, though. Don't you do it. That's an L. Anything else you want to talk about? Any other baseball breaking news? Nah, there's no breaking news. No other breaking news. That is truly unfortunate, Peter. Truly unfortunate. But next week, uh, big show. So we won't necessarily um, preview the Super Bowl because we can do that the week after. There's obviously a week between. So we're going to finally get on track with the other sports. We can talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremonies. Uh, I, I say Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, we can talk about the state of the MLB lockout. Uh, it seems like we've had some progress the last couple of days. Uh, we can give you updates on that. The NBA trade deadlines coming through. Uh, your boy Tuka Rask ain't looking too great. So, <laughs> you don't even. You don't want to even. We're not going to have that conversation right now. Okay. We, okay. We won't have the conversation. But uh, a lot of different things going on, and I think uh, we can finally hit on some, and we won't be too NFL uh, consumed. But, Peter, you got anything else? Stay under. Show me your uh, tickets next week. 